0: Welcome to the Strategy Mob Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? This is Jason Harris here, and thanks for joining me on another episode of Strategy Mob. All right Today I have two very special guests. I have Mr. St- Steven all the way from down the street here in Toronto (laughs) and then Dustin on the other side of the border man thank you for taking the time to jam with us but before we get started let's start with a couple origin stories so that everybody that's listening and watching kind of knows who you gentlemen are Dustin I'm going ahead and start with you what is the origin story that is Dustin
1: Sure. So I got sucked into this business roughly 11 years ago. Um, cash for clunkers. So I, <laughs> I came, yeah, I came in at a good time and uh, started selling cars. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but fortunately, every vehicle was sold at MSRP. No one had any trade um, objections because they were getting about 15 times more than their car was worth. So it was nice and easy. I made some money. I had no clue, and I was sucked in and uh, just tried to take in everything I possibly could from the very beginning, like I did with my athletic background prior. And that, that's really it. One thing led to the next and uh, a couple of people, fortunately would given me opportunities to grow within the business from the sales floor up. And, uh, about seven years ago, now I, I was given my first opportunity to run a store and, uh, and that's really the, the the quick bit for me. So I'm a player's guy, I'm a player's coach, and uh, that's how I'll be for my entire career. I, I know nothing of the automotive industry still to this day, I always say, uh, I'm more <laughs> of a, a people person myself, but I think that's the industry that we're in. I think we're in a people industry, we just happen to sell and service cars. So if we can master the art of dealing with people, both our own employees and obviously our customers, I think we'll, we can be just fine. We can learn everything else pretty quickly. Hmm.
0: Justin, thanks for uh, jamming with us today. And I know oh, thank you for um, we 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 got a chance to connect on LinkedIn, and then yep. uh, we got some time to actually jam in person at uh, yep. NADA. Boy, but did we just literally like slide right under the radar just in time for all this to explode? Eh.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. I'm glad we did. We had a, we had a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, I take a lot of what I see from you, Jesus. You you can you can get the information out there, man. I'm I'm severely lacking with the amount of posts and content that I can get out there compared to you, but it's much appreciated. You you shed a, uh, you know, a sign that not a lot of us on the operations side see, which is nice and refreshing. So I appreciate everything you do. And yeah, we we, we got, what was that, February? Shoot, it started on Valentine's Day, did Dude, it not? It feels Vegas, like forever 14th. ago, but oh my it was goodness, literally
0: God, right around mind. the corner.
1: Man. A lot has happened since then, but uh, appreciate the friendship and, and thank you so much for having me here
0: today. No, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Stephen, for yourself. What is the origin story that is Stephen?
2: <laughs> well, first and foremost, I'll start off by saying thanks for having me, Jason. We we actually met online as well, uh, like some people do. Thankfully, not on Tinder uh, and uh, <laughs> easily easy to follow you based on the amount of content that you put on. But uh, the origin story, I actually um, it, it actually started with a trip up the street, taking the bus. I was uh, at uh, Wolford Laurie University. I needed work uh, to pay for school, uh, I saw a BMW store came from a city that never had a BMW store, and I loved BMW. So I dropped off a resume. That turned into a chat. That turned into a a job after, actually, I got uh, out of university because the guy who had my interview said, yeah, you should sell cars. Um, So in 2000, I started selling cars at a dealership that no longer exists, Exists called BK Motors. It's now Grand River BMW. Uh, And uh, the reason for that uh, being an important part of the story is believe it or not, around 2002, it's when my general manager, same guy who hired me, said, "Hey, do you want to try a software system, Carrie uh, and I are working on?" His name is AJ Mueller, and his wife Carrie started a system called like DLS Accelerator. Name. Yeah, you might have heard the name handed around a couple times. Uh, DLS Accelerator began, and I was one of the first users or the first user of it at Mini Waterloo. Um, I was a guinea pig. I immediately loved the software. Anything was better than you know, like a notepad for keeping track of you know customers and what you're doing. And then in 05, I started working for the company and in, excuse me, <clears throat> in 2011, uh, I started working on my own. And ever since, uh, believe it or not, before you could say there was a cloud, I used to do sales on 180 with PowerPoint because clients did not even have an internet connection. <laughs> it's been a long time in one system. And uh, yeah, right now in the last uh, nine or 10 years, I've mostly been working with clients, um, coaching sales staff and getting process process is definitely the thing that I talk to mostly about my uh, talk with my clients about the most. And all of that's kind of embedded through the lens of 180. So that's kind of like where I'm at today, sitting with you.
0: Well, I'm glad you were able to take the time to jam with yeah. us. All right, guys, let, let's get straight into this topic. Um, like these are interesting times. <laughs> I mean, needless to say, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I keep kind of referring back to the recession and and i understand dustin you know you kind of came on see cash for clunkers would have been coming kind of dragging ourselves out of the recession and i remember that time frame man i made some stupid money during the cash for clunkers campaign i mean like i i tried to tell dealers up here in canada what it was like i mean literally when you showed up to our gm dealership it was like going to the butchers you know when you got to take a number you know you get the little dispenser like that's what it was you would show up take a number and then wait to talk to a salesperson but that's actually a good that's actually a good point to bring up is what the recession created is what we're going to see right now it was this built up demand of of for vehicles and then all of a sudden the cash for clunkers camp campaign kicked in and it was like i mean the dam broke and I mean, I, hell, I remember that first month making almost a little over $30,000 in commissions in, in just that that first month of the Cash for Clunkers program. And I remember it because I was actually living in a trailer out back of the dealership. I literally lived at the dealership for, for an entire month. Just during that time frame, my, wow. the owner had a trailer and said, you can live in it. And I was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the same thing is going to happen, right? We're going to have this built-up demand and then... Poof, You know we're going to come back to normal you know or or let's not say normal we'll call it the new norm right and um that's where i want to start off guys i want to start off the conversation is is how do you guys you know see the the new norm now look if it happens two weeks from now happens you know Four months from now, I I don't know, and I'm not going to be one of the ones that are going to pretend on social media like they know the exact date when shit's going to get back to normal, you know. But we are going to enter into this new norm. So, um, Stephen, I'm going ahead and start with you. You know, how do you see the the new norm for automotive sales going down?
2: Well, I think the new norm is going to be in kind of levels or in stages. Um, If I've been talking to my as I was leading up to this. I would say and as we talked on the phone before um before meeting up to do the 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 podcast we talked about how things it was on a pretty good downturn last year like things were slowing down quite a lot and and i could see that and obviously training and consultation and coaching kind of definitely is some of the first things to get dropped off which uh you know i learned the hard way um but um i think moving forward i think it's going to come in stages I think, um, I think there's a lot of people in a certain price back, and I'm just talking about the consumer at the moment. I, ev- virtually every car store has changed processes, has adjusted so that they don't, uh, you know, you don't have to have customer interaction and you can be safe and all that sort of stuff. Okay, that's fine. So where are we moving forward? Let's say in 60 to 90 days, or let's say even sooner than that, we'll say 60 days, we're almost back up and running, which is probably likely not going to happen. Who's going to want to buy? Who was going to buy? Well. I keep focusing with my clients, don't worry about who's going to buy and when they're going to buy. Who do you have now? You have your portfolio. Some customers have to replace their vehicle. It's their only lease vehicle and they have to replace it for the family. Those are going to be the buyers at first, whether they're buying a a Hyundai or whether they're buying a Mercedes. And there's going to be a lot of other people who are going to, I think there's going to be a whole generation of people that are gonna finally listen to my immigrant Italian parents to say, save for a rainy day. And I don't think there's gonna be a lot of spending right away. I think we're really gonna have to convince people to spend money. Um, And I really do believe that uh, those dealerships that are doing their best to keep their teams uh, in the know, uh, keep them educated on how to communicate with customers. And certainly those salespeople who don't have to be uh, in person with a customer to sell, are going to be the ones that are going to push forward and push through this. Because I I personally have always said this to clients when I started, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, uh, uh, Justin, for sure. Um, Excuse me, Jason. The, The thing that I find that kind of surprises my clients is they'll say, I've done 200 installs, Hyundai, Mercedes Benz, Lamborghini, you name it. Everyone thinks their problems are different than everybody else's and they're special. And I would say for the most part, whenever it comes to any data or any processing of any kind, the only dealerships I find that work quite differently, I would say are super luxury, like your Lamborghinis and your Bentleys of the world. It's just a completely different reason to buy. The why the buy is completely different. Everything else, a Hyundai dealer will say, customers leave for $0.50 a month. A Mercedes-Benz dealer will say, customers leave for 5 bucks a month. (laughs) It's all the same story. So I think it's the approach. And I think uh, those... Those teams that have done a really good job of keeping track of their portfolio and their customer database, their close customer database, I think are going to be the ones moving forward faster. And I think it's going to take us a while to to move out of the muck for the next uh, for the next few months for sure.
0: I'm I'm with you on that, Stephen. I think uh, communication is going to be a big part. Um, You know, our our existing database. I mean, the same thing. I remember during the recession, it was like when things kind of got back to some norm, right? Mm -hmm. That 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 was. that was the first audience that we, we, we had to, you know, communicate with was an existing, was our existing database. Now, the the cool thing I thought actually with, with our dealer group, the dealer group I was working with at the time is that they'd done a pretty good job about communicating to that existing database during the recession. So that when things kind of got back to normal, like, like our penetration was through the roof. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was like this, It was just—it was just built up demand, Absolutely. and it was just like the f- floodgates opened up, and it was yeah, like—I yeah. mean, our our first month back into that new norm was right around the time uh, during that uh, cash for clunkers, and it, it was hands down actually one of our best months ever. Um, mm-hmm. Dustin, I'm going to go to you. Um, how do you see the new norm? Like, what is the new norm going to look like for you on an operations level?
1: I think. I totally agree with Stephen stages and how much of that penetration back into the market there will be on day 1 versus day whatever. I don't think there's going to be a day 1. You know, I don't think we're going to be able to break it down into buckets or gaps or or time frames or what have you. It's just going to be whatever it is and I think that probably depending on the geographical region whether it's Canada, the United States or even regions within each one, it's going to be different. Now, business as a whole, especially I think more so on the retail side as opposed to the service and parts end of business, and I'm probably beating a a dead horse here, but we're going to, customers are now I think realizing exactly how they can buy a car and how easy it's becoming, and if we don't do this, we're we're really screwing ourselves. So what we've noticed here in the probably seven or eight operational days that we've had to remotely and electronically sell cars. And the only person that's coming into the showroom is someone that is literally signing three pieces of paper to consummate a contract. And that's it. We're not delivering cars. We're not test driving cars. We're not getting in them. If someone actually, if we literally, and I'm not even kidding you, the government has come out and stated, if you allow someone to walk into your showroom to answer or ask one single question, can I have a brochure? If we find out about it, you're getting fined. So literally, there is at, we have had to tell people that have come in or tried to walk from service into the showroom, mm-hmm. you, you have to stop, you have to walk back, and you have to call us. Mm-hmm. These deals are becoming easier. I'm being dead serious with you. Like I said, this month, we've already delivered oh, that makes cars, sense. and we're not mm-hmm. a large store. So the, the decrease in volume that we've seen so far is not as much as I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. The deliveries are taking 20 minutes. <laughs> we, we set up a, a a table and a couple of chairs with an iPad, sanitation wipes, a drill and gloves outside under our delivery area. That's an overhang extension from the building mm-hmm. and we're delivering cars out there. Yep. I walked out of my office when I knew a delivery was here, they were gone. I said to the sales, this is today. I said to the sales, he was giving me a recap. I said to the sales manager, I said, where's the customer? Oh, they're gone. They're home. I'm like, what well, they just got here. Hey, this is what we're going to. I think the customers are going to realize that this is so much easier. And as much as I don't appreciate the Carvanas of the world and how much market share they're taking from all of us, that's where we're going. And if we're not ready for it, and if we're not up to snuff, we're, we're, we're going to go backwards. And when you go backwards, you're harming a lot of people, including the people that give you their time and they work for you and they give you all of their energy and their efforts. And if we're not taking mm-hmm. care of them and giving them an outlet to make a really healthy living, we're, we're going to go out of business. Mm-hmm. But it's really swinging us. We have a sales manager, our internet agent. We have one BDC in our store. She's back to work and my sales manager's here. And we have 12 cars out in in five working days. We're 115 car store, four or five a day. So we're not ridiculously off pace from what we would be anyway. The only thing I can see here, Jason and Steven, I don't want to make my answer too long-winded, but the one thing that I think that we're really going to have to focus on, at least for us, who is not one that has put out the opportunity for an online car buying experience, which I don't agree with. I don't think it's going to be hundred percent that we're still going to have and want some human interaction, but I think we're going to have to fine tune our F and I process. Because what we've noticed is our front end profits so way. far in those 12 deals have not been affected whatsoever.
0: Well, I mean, look, healthy, the bottom line, Dustin, is, you, you're having to do the, a lot with a little. You what? know, like, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of dealerships out there have been able to operate for, for the, you know, for many, many, many years with, you know, multiple people having to touch the customer. Boy, that sounds yeah. Um But no, seriously, yeah. though, right? Like, it. you, it. you, no, it's very true. Absolutely. You have the BDC, yeah. you know. That they handle the lead and kind of prep it up and you know tee up for the salesperson. Then you got the salesperson that gets involved, right? Then then the salesperson has to go get a manager involved, you know. So there's another touch point, right? And then the manager kind of assists with the sale and they come to some agreement. And then and then after the sale, we stick them in the stupid ass thing called a box. Yes. That could literally be a whole another podcast itself. Like, why the 100%. hell? Like, yeah, I don't even get me started on the box. So, so yeah. now I'm on another fourth person. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. I mean, I have four touch points just to purchase a product, and then after that, I have the continued service. So, I have another multiple set of touch points after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think as an industry, we have to sit ourselves. We have to sit back and ask ourselves, like. Is this necessary? Yeah. Like do do I need this many freaking people to to mm-hmm. get a to get a deal done? Steven, let's start with you. What's your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I, I, a lot of the things that kind of came to my mind, and and, and again, like the situation that we're all in, and, and we don't have to beat the dead horse over what we're all experiencing. In fact, I think I got a little overload by yet another comment made just before a commercial starts or just before something, as we're all dealing with, like, uh, yeah, we're all dealing with it. Let's stop yeah. mentioning it. But it is a, a fact. Remi- the fact remains that uh, it's the fire that forges the steel, as they say. It's not the nicest way of putting it, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's very true. And I think... Um, uh, in the context of dealerships and and how we're doing process, I mean, many clients uh, that I was working with uh, in the last I'd say few years, we're talking about eDocs and ways of making the turnover process better and all that sort of stuff. That's that's all like really really great. I think the buyers are not going to be stopped. It's I'm glad you mentioned the thing about uh, you know coming to service uh, and and having customers come in for for their delivery, Dustin, because one of the things I just finished recording before I got onto this uh, podcast was a message to my clients. And because I know re- people don't like to read emails anymore, I start basically writing emails and I add a video in case you want to watch the video. And one of the things that I've been reminding my clients of and have been working with some of my clients on is just changing the dialogue with customers. A lot of systems only allow you to just you know, broadcast email everybody, but why not scrape out the people whose leases are coming due in the next 60 to 90 days and just remind them of your changed process, remind them that they can pick up a vehicle, That's not a problem. We'll do it very safe and sound. Some of my clients that are, we'll say of of lower volume, like the Porsches and the Mercedes Benzes of the world, they'll come to you. You don't even have to leave your door. I think the only person in this whole scenario when it comes to the type of customer walking through the door is exactly that customer. That's the only customer that that, that, that we're losing out on. I think it's the customer who wants to shop. Shopping online started happening when I started selling cars in 2000. We are 20 years later and not a lot of people. This is not new. It's not, it's nothing new. It's nothing new, but much like uh, to your point before we got started and and, uh, which was, you know, who watches your podcast? Salespeople seem to be a little bit more exempt from it, but it's tough to tell a salesperson what to do and how to do it and all that sort of stuff. So now, luckily, I guess you could say for a lot of managers out there, Uh, and people in the car business, the world's telling them now uh, that they have to change, you know? Uh, And that's something that a lot of salespeople, um, as I've learned with process and certainly training people on that, the one thing I've learned in the last few years is that social media, particularly smartphones, I used to walk into dealerships in in the old five, six, seven, eight, right? When people had a phone, but it was probably a Blackberry and it was an email and they'd actually look like they would actually probably put it away before you started a meeting. Nowadays, I can't get five minutes in the discussion before someone answers their phone and it carries on. And well, I think you know what? That's actually a really good
0: point, Stephen. Like, like, I want to. I, I apologize for interrupting, yeah, yeah, but no, I just, no, I just, no, just no, want no, to like really kind of like hone in on that. Yeah. Is um, and, and Dustin, I imagine you probably see the same thing, right? Like, someone's yeah. in your dealership. All right, salesperson is trying to have a conversation with them. They maybe have to excuse themselves to go talk to a manager or find a key or some crap like that. And then what does that person do? They 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 jump on the device and they they're on it, right? Like right now, you know, to your point, Dustin, like everyone's hyper, like h- hyper targeted or let's, um, a-, a next level of attention, right? They're, 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 they're totally in tune with every single word that you say, which means that the words that we say mean a really big deal. Dustin, I'm with you, man. I literally think that the new norm, the process is going to be half the amount of time I'm going to deal yes. with half the amount of people all right i'm not going to deal with four or five people to make a freaking purchase i might deal with one or two or yeah maybe only one
2: love the right? one you're with uh, you know love the one you're with that's what everyone's going to learn is to deal with the customers yeah. that are in front of you and deal with them wholeheartedly too many too many sales people run through okay jason gave me the checklist i'm going to follow the checklist so dustin oh so you're not really going to buy today okay that's fine next and there's a lot of teams and you know being in the gta we got some seriously great traffic on some mm-hmm. of our uh, streets and some stores i'll go from one store just a block down the way not nearly the same amount of volume completely different attitude on the sales floor um and i think now everyone's had the crunch it, everyone's completely now had different same. attitude right? exactly exactly and, so and in
0: fact actually you know what i think that's that's good tee off to my next question is because mm-hmm. i think the new norm or requires a new attitude. And Dustin, I'd love to get your thoughts on that.
1: Well, I totally agree. But to Steve, to your point, the the attitude can be different from one showroom to the next. But the adaptation or the adopting of this new way of selling cars has to be done initially from the top.
2: Oh, yeah. hundred
1: uh, you know, percent. You can have, I mean, if I... Nobody's here right now, but if I walked out on any given day, I could have five out of my seven salespeople want to do it this way we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But then if our process, including myself and the sales manager, doesn't allow them to do that or we stop them from doing that mid-process, well, mm-hmm. what good is it? Yeah. So if, if this idea is adopted by myself and the management staff or the ownership level or whoever it may has to be, then we can allow that to run and take its course through this the through the showroom and through the salespeople, yeah. But it has to be one everybody or nobody. Also, yeah. you know. So we have to do. We have to all be on. The how same do we page, do that? Whatever Dustin. that page is.
0: What's like, that? Everyone needs to be on the same page.
1: Hundred like, percent. How do we do that? Oh well, you have to make sure that everybody understands with any change that you make. Listen, I, I I got to this store, we moved back for for family reasons from New Jersey two years ago. When I got to this store, and I think we had this conversation, Jason in Vegas, in the Tesla. I remember, yeah. I had people that wanted to quit 20 minutes after I walked in, after our very first meeting. I had two people say, ah, can't do it. I mean, you probably know what you're doing, but you are way too much for me, I can't do it. We had to calm them down. We had to explain to them what we're trying to do, but more importantly, we had to explain why what we're going to do, why the changes we're going to make are actually going to benefit them as well. Mm-hmm. And then, when when we give them a chance to try to adopt a new process, and it works, they'll buy in. If we try to adopt a new process and they're giving us 100% of their attention and really trying to change, and it doesn't work, well then maybe we made the wrong freaking decision anyway. Mm-hmm but you don't know until the actual results come out, whether they're good or bad. And for the salespeople currently with us and probably most stores across the country and Canada that are not even allowed to be at work, we are now doing things a certain way that we are not falling off volume or profitability with the exception, like I said, of of F&I profit currently. And we'll see small sample size, so I can't really get into a huge bucket of numbers. But I, the, the efficiency to which we've been able to sell these 12 cars and deliver them in the first five, six working days this month is surprising. So we have the proof in the pudding. And when they get back to work, we're going to say, hey, listen, this is what we've been doing with just three of us. Yeah. Imagine if we had all 12 of us and, and how we can prolong you know continue to do business. And I think it'd be easier, everybody. So it takes the buy-in from the beginning. It takes a little bit of a nudge, but it takes the why. We need to explain why it's going to benefit them we don't ever ask anybody to change something if it's not going to benefit them or who the hell are we to ask someone to change if it won't help them so the why is the well
0: i I think the customer is going to force us to change
2: 100
0: you know for years um when it comes to buying a vehicle or servicing car all right it's a battle between who's steering that process the dealership or the customer like and it's 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 been a battle. Some dealerships are better at giving the customer more responsibility and steering the process. A lot of dealerships, though, want to hold on to that control. I wanna be the gatekeeper of information. I'm not gonna give mm-hmm. shit up until they give me what I want. You know, so but I think that the new norm is gonna change all of that. Yeah. Right? Like the customer is going to be the one steering almost a hundred percent of what that new sales process or that new service process looks like um steven i want to i want to hear your thoughts on that from a training perspective because that that fundamentally changes the way we -hmm. approach training
2: well i think uh uh, to to dustin's point uh the why or the why of the buy has changed i think there's going to be a lot of buying and not shopping and i think uh I think we might have seen or Dustin might see in the next little while a lot of those deals close quickly because they need to, they need to just move on with life and, and I'm, I'm a single guy with no kids, you know, I drive a coupe, the next car I buy, it doesn't really matter. I have no one, you know, choosing, uh, helping me choose. But I think when, when it comes to process, the the process, processes that I've witnessed. I can guarantee for an absolute fact after almost, I must be nearing 200 dealer installs. Yes, only on 180, but that doesn't matter. I've seen a lot of processes how they are. And I'll have a morning meeting and let's say it's with Dustin, Dustin will tell me his process. I always talk to a FSM or a business manager and then I ask them about the process. And then if I'm talking to a top sales rep or perhaps someone who's looking after the wash bay or delivery schedule, I'll ask them. It doesn't happen. So process, I will always be very clear about this. You can have a terrible process, but if you follow it, it works. Because you know, process is basically a roadmap. And that roadmap, doesn't matter how much it meanders. If Dustin goes off that roadmap for a moment, he knows where he's at because he has a watermark. And for me, process with a lot of my clients, and, and oddly enough, <laughs> the, the subject of that bit, I, I, I got to send this video when I'm done. <laughs> it's like the same subject. But, but the processes that have changed for me have always been customer focused. And one of the things that I always am training both managers, but mostly salespeople at, is stop talking to customers like their managers or staff. No one cares about process here. No one, you got to listen to your customer. They might not want all that detail about the vehicle. You got to listen. And one of the things I've been trying to promote with my clients is let customers m- know that the process has changed. So yeah, we have these notices on web pages. I've se- I've helped clients send out mass email broadcasts. Yes, absolutely. But one of the things I was focusing on for, with my clients particularly was, hey, if you have leases and finances coming due, does your automated message for three months to, to to Jason still say, hey, your lease is coming up, lots of things to think about, blah 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 blah? No, it should start off with although you may think you you it should start off with a description of what. The new processes for dropping off your vehicle if you need to replace it. A lot of F, uh, a lot of FS uh, companies, Toyota as well as Chevrolet, they've they're happy to extend leases. But we have to understand from the customer's point of view, and and part of the reason I think we started talking uh, actually via LinkedIn was because of a post I made. That it but actually had nothing to do with process and everything to do with just the situation we're in. And I just saw my own clients separately talking about how some dealers are crazy for closing, some are crazy for staying open, we should be closed, we should be open, when really it's like, hold on a second. If I have a van and I have three kids and my lease is coming due, don't I wanna replace that van, especially if it's my last vehicle? If I have a car on a hoist right now, I'd like to get it back from Jason and his team. So again, communication with customers about the change in process, I think will wholeheartedly bring you more customers. I think there are a lot of clients out there, Volkswagen clients of mine, during Dieselgate, they stayed in touch with their contact. They contacted customers monthly about Dieselgate. They gained customers because other stores were saying nothing, and other people are saying, "Hey, talk to so and so." They they actually message well, me all the th- time. That's
0: a really enough. good point, you right? know, Steve. Yeah. That it's a there's an opportunity here, right? Like huge, huge in, in our communication Absolutely. efforts, it's like sticking your head in the sand and not saying anything says a lot about you as a business. Right. Um, Like there's an opportunity to communicate, but I think communicate at a human level, not necessarily a business level. But uh, before I go into that topic, which I think is actually a really good topic, um, Dustin, I want to I want to go back to kind of the original conversation that because the question I started with Stephen was, um, you know, the customer is going to take more uh, more of a responsibility of the steering of the process. Do you believe that's the case or do we still need to kind of hold control of what that new sales, new service process is going to be?
1: From what we've witnessed so far with this, it's a little bit of both. I think the customers are talking without talking. Um, Their actions are, are sending their message. But with the the conversations that I've been having with customers, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not on the phone with customers as much as I I once was. right? I, I don't pick up the phone as much as I used to. Although in the last three weeks, I certainly have. So I've spoke to email, phone, text, a lot of customers. And quite frankly, what I found is that a lot of them are looking for direction, are looking for answer. Now... We've always, my whole career is always about some, you know, sales, or I'm sorry, customers just dying to run into a professional salesperson who's going to tell them how they're going to help them. They're going to guide Mm -hmm. them through the process, make it nice and easy, which I still think is true, but our nice and easy is changing based on what is making them happy. So when a customer calls in here in the last few weeks, they're asking, uh, you know, I I really have interest in this car and I want to do my, my lease is coming up to your point, Steve, you know, I don't know what the hell to do. Yeah and i simply explained to them well here's the thing you can't test drive a car you can't come into the showroom but what i can do is i'm going to appraise your car over the phone if you can email me a vin number and a payoff or i'm sorry a vin number and some miles i'm going to get a payoff i'm going to appraise your car as long as it's you know all in one piece we're going to give you a number i'm going to structure a new deal for you the exact same car that you have i'm going to send you a link we're going to jump on a video call i'm going to walk around that car i'm going to give you payments and then we're going to schedule a time for you to come in it's going to take you 10 minutes in the showroom then they go well shit Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in for that. Mm -hmm. But if we didn't give them that that direction, they're not pointing out, you know, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it and all this other stuff. In this time, at least, they're asking us for some guidance. And when we have a firm, definitive process that we're telling them what's going to do and explaining how easy it is for them, they're like, you tell me what do you need next? I'm Mm -hmm. in.
2: Yeah. Acknowledging you know their through. thoughts. It's so important. It's just like standing, waiting for a coffee and they don't look at you. They're just walking back and forth. And you yeah, just yeah, like, you just need that person to say, I'll be with, you with one second. Sorry, I'm swamped. That's, right. that's all you're doing. Yeah, except you're yeah, doing it right. virtually. virtually like, right, So
1: should I give you my coffee order? Although you haven't even looked at me once. It's like, I don't, are you paying attention to me? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the situation that people are in, especially in mm-hmm. these times. People don't know which dealers are open, if they're open for service or sales or kind of sales or a little bit of service or any of this nonsense. So mm-hmm. all we've done is every single morning, our sales manager gets out on the lot, starts to do personalized walk around videos. We use co-video. We're throwing on our Facebook and our Instagram. We're getting it all over the place. We're sending messages mm-hmm. all over the place. We're delivering cars outside. We put a picture of uh, uh, our our new outside delivery area yesterday, people are understanding. So it's just about letting them know what we can do, what it's we are doing, and why we're here to help. Yeah. Yes.
0: Right. And and I think I think that's a big part of what the new norm is going to be is a whole next level of communication that mm-hmm. as as an industry, I don't think we've ever been accustomed to. No. Like, I mean, I, I think literally our, our communication in the past has been. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, when do you want to come into the dealership and uh, I can uh, go over all that information with you? But that's not the case. That is mm-hmm. not going to be the case into the new norm, right? The expectation of the customer is that we should be able to communicate everything in fact over communicate the crap out of everything right now Mm -hmm. so that their confidence level in doing business with us either service or sales continues to go up so that that's a good question guys let's get into that topic let's get that what what um what should we be communicating all right as we go into what i'm calling the new norm uh dustin i'm actually going to lead with lead with you on this one okay
1: i think I mean, that's a good question, but I think that our message has to be exactly what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes. To Steve's point, uh, I was taking some notes. So let let our customers know, especially those that are already in our, in our lives, right? They're already our family. that mm-hmm. let them know that our processes have changed. Don't allow them to think that they're walking into a particular process the next time that they reach out to us. And then... It's totally different and they're sideswiped by something new. And even though it might be better, they're going to be surprised by it. So let's let them know what's going to happen ahead of time. Give them some direction. Give them a heads up, so to speak. That way they know how to do it now or they know what's coming. The thing is, just like with with your play, Jason, and, and Steve, I, I just sent you a, a LinkedIn connection before we jumped on. So, I, Oh, okay, great. I'm I'll look for forward that. to for connecting sure. with you. So yeah, I, yeah, I haven't yeah, seen too much of your stuff. But yeah. in Jason's case, we can't send out one video or one email or one text to a customer. It just won't be yeah. enough. It has to be repetitive. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. almost more of a, a branding deal or a marketing deal. Mm-hmm. Forget about these we, we have not put out one single price on a video that we've shown since this all happened.
0: Cause I don't not think the one customer cares in. about that. No, they don't right give a now. shit. That's not the Jason. priority. Jason. Message. You're absolutely
1: correct. Yeah, no, you're uh, absolutely yeah. correct. They do not yeah. care. And quite frankly, people are over that. I've dealt with again. I haven't done it for a while, but that I've been dealing with over the phone here, people are almost asking for discounts or more money on trades, like as a form of a question, like, Hey, can I get $10 less a month? If not, it's okay, but I'm just figuring that I'm asking. No, yeah. I'm really sorry. We don't. All right, I'll see you at three o'clock. Like, you know, they're yeah. not, they're not negotiating. They're just saying, mm-hmm. ah, maybe I should be doing this, but who knows following this process and this way to sell cars may lead to, I think you said this earlier, Steve, less negotiation,
2: mm.
1: which would be a great thing. I don't Dude, know. I, I, I actually think the that's true.
0: Right now, moving into the new norm, okay, the customer is going to care more about the process than your cash discount. I'm going to say that one more time because I know the people that are listening or watching right mm-hmm. now needs a retake on that. But moving into the new norm, all right, customers mm-hmm. will give more shit about your process than the freaking discount you have to offer. And I think who who communicates that process the best is the one who's ultimately going to win. Mm-hmm. Steve, your thoughts?
2: Uh, Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Dustin, when you look at some of my uh, one take videos, uh, they're all based on just days I've had at stores where I'm like, oh, really? Like you don't have a signature in your email? Right. Like, oh, really? Your phone number is an image in within that, you know, signature? Why not make it a number so I can tap it and call it? I always ask salespeople the same question. If you're complaining that a customer's calling you at odd hours, what did you miss? You missed something. My clients only called me when they wanted to leave a deposit. I only ever split two deals in five years because my clients knew my hours of work. I changed my voicemail every day to say, you've reached Stephen Pagosa, blah, blah, blah. I'm here today until five off tomorrow. Over communication yeah. yeah. is so important. And I'm definitely a verbose mofo. So like I understand, uh, you know, communication. I work as an actor as well. So I've never minded speaking. But the things that we're speaking, the things that we're saying to customers, the way we say it, the way we portray it, is so important. And sometimes, much like going way back to our discussion about the floor and, and what you're trying to do to make changes, people meet Dustin like, "Screw him! I don't like him. I don't like his beard." It doesn't matter what. If someone hey, it's Dustin has goes,
0: one of the best beards <laughs> he in he the industry,
2: You <laughs> couldn't even look match that. The eye I mean, look no at that whatsoever.
0: thing. God, that's gorgeous. <laughs>
2: One of the things that I, I definitely would say to to all my to, to any client anywhere is that over-communication is never a bad thing. Uh, something as simple as explaining to a customer before they arrive, you might have difficulty parking and here's where you go. Well, if we were doing yeah. that before, what are we doing now? Like we should be doing something uh, that's obviously a lot more hands-on without being hands-on. I think some of the simplest things in the world, because someone starts off with that that, no, I don't, I don't like that. Then immediately. Well, what is it? What's your fear? It's always fear. you got two choices in life. It's love, it's fear. It's one or the other. It's mostly fear-based in our industry. And a lot of team members, they can't see past, like, let's say, um, you know, oh, send the customer a video where you have your phone and you're saying, oh, hey, hey, Jason, here's the vehicle. I want blah, blah, blah. They'll see that. And I'm like, you know, but I don't want to be on camera. And I remember this one sales rep, I said to him, I'm like, why don't you just put the phone facing the other way and talk about the car so your face isn't on there. you got their text message. That, that's all you really need. And he was just yeah. like, oh, I, I didn't think of that. I'm like, yeah, if you don't want to be on camera, that's fine. But show them the vehicle. Everybody has now got a new normal. And however you choose to deal with that new normal, it's completely up to you. But uh, as, we, as I've been saying, it's the fire that forges the steel. If you don't want to play along, that's fine. You're just going to learn the hard way that uh, the processes and the stuff that we're trying to put in place, those communications, if you're not having them, why is the customer gonna trust you to come in? No doubt. Mm. I I love your
1: point of telling someone on the phone something so ridiculously simple. Mm. Hey, you might have an issue finding a parking spot here today because we are jammed. I'm gonna set you aside a spot and as opposed to here, it's just around the corner and it'll, you know, whatever the case. Yeah, yeah. It's being two steps ahead in understanding what, what, yes. yeah it's just understanding what's going to happen Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: and addressing it before it even happens
0: yeah and that's only talk about a customer experience right yeah no absolutely like i mean it's it's, i i feel like the new norm like it's about the little things that that's what's going to make a big difference yeah Uh, steven i love the fact that you were kind of um uh referencing back to when um uh, you were an actor i mean Mm -hmm. read a script now that's a fucking process
2: no it is a process like it's
0: not it's not like take the customer on a test drive no it's like you will enter in stage right you will go to that spot you will look that direction you will have this tonality you will then turn right you will that it is verbatim verbatim it's exactly how it's supposed to be
2: and and i've said to many a salesperson over the years that uh, we're all actors all the world's a stage if you think you're gonna have a bad day and come on the sales floor and be meh all day long with people, you're not gonna sell a thing. So now we definitely have to put on uh, that, um, that face and, and we do have to move forward. And moving forward is about positive, it's about process, it's about communic- over communicating with customers. And I've, I've told many a person in the past, you know how many people have asked me to give them a call and the message doesn't include a phone number? Do you know how many clients I have who are the only number on their signature is the direct line. Have you tried calling your direct line? You know how many of my clients have extension numbers that no longer exist at their dealership? And there's no choice to even use the extension? Why don't you have the direct line? Because for me, if I want my customers communicating with me so I can control my own process with that client, I can control the experience, I need to control it and show the customer the way in the nicest way possible. And that's the difference between a sales rep saying, "Yeah, around four is okay," and another salesperson saying, "Well, I actually, got a customer coming in before you. Do you mind if we we'll make it four fifteen, and I'll make sure I have the car ready for you? And maybe even write up a quote before they get there. Take it out of a folder, show them what you've got. At least the customer knows that you're thinking about them and you're thinking ahead." Some of the simplest Love tools it. in the industry. You
0: mean we, we are have to be a professional?
2: Wait know, a second, right? It's crazy, it's dirty little exactly. secret that uh, you know to be <laughs> to be yeah, professional. take it seriously. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah, and and that that type of stuff I find is is um, I think we've given sales a lot of leeway, a lot of rope in this industry, and we way we, too much. We we allow sales to be something arterial, and it's kind of like the actor who comes on and doesn't know their lines, but they're famous, so we're just happy that they're there. And I've had many a team get rid of that salesperson and find that their sales go up, even though their portfolio was so fat. But guess what? That toxicity doesn't help. No, every, yeah. every sales team, and I'm sure Dustin can appreciate it because he mentioned his athletic background. I used to play football. <clears throat> I played quarterback in the university. So I understand what it means to communicate and how important it is and all that sort of stuff. But one of the things that I find on sales floor that we don't, I think we're obviously going to start managing well is that team environment, uh, is that, that, that pyramid from management to staff and that coaching. You change the coach on the hockey team or on the football team, everything changes and there are players going, I can't deal with this guy, I got to go. Yeah, Uh, I think it's the same on sales floors. And if if we're not communicating with our teams, the processes, the new processes that are in place, and I guess in the lens of what I do with my clients, everything changes that automatic email that goes to customers who got a quote yesterday. I hope it's not the same as it was three months ago. It should be different moving forward now. Yeah. I don't know how many customers have changed that in their systems, but if no, it No, that's were a
0: perfect restore, point, right? We, we can't like act like business is normal, right? Like yes. it's yeah, it's all these idea. little things. Um, mm-hmm. Guys, I, I know it's getting towards the tail end of our time and, mm-hmm. and I feel like we got a great rhythm. going. we could probably do this for another couple hours. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, I do, I unfortunately do, our time's end. Um, But I want to give you guys uh, both an opportunity to kind of bring in some final thoughts because I can (laughs) see the wheels moving in both you guys' heads. You're like, yeah, the dots are connecting. Like, I mean, look, it's little things we have to pay attention to. I mean, we, we need to take that, you know, that over communicated over process, you know, structure like a play has right literally it's like boom 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 this is how it is and that's what the customer wants before we talk about six months deferral payments before we talked yeah. about buy one get one free oil changes yeah. we need to communicate that to them yeah. um get guys before i finish i want to thank you guys for your time because this has been a lot of fun now i'm uh i'm going ahead Dustin. i'm going to ask for your final thoughts and then steven i'll give you an opportunity to chime in as well
1: yeah i think more so To wrap my whole opinion, and although this is probably going to change about 15 times before we really get back going to what our new normal will be. But I think that overall, the best cultures will get through this the easiest um, and that the, the people that are open minded and the dealers that are open minded to take the feedback of what the customer wants. So, yes, allow them to tell us what to do, but then communicate like we've been talking about with them on how we're going to do it it's going to jet us into some new hemisphere and i think it's going to make things easier i think we didn't hit on one thing but i don't even know if i'd like to i, I don't know that stabbing is going to begin, become an issue at some point because of the lack of touch points might mean the lack of people needed and i'm not mm-hmm. saying let's get off on another tangent but we want to keep as many people employed as humanly possible. We love our people. They're, they, without them, we're terrible. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that the best cultures will get through this. The, the the people that are willing to change when change is needed, which is now, are the ones that are going to yep. get through it. And if we stay a positive attitude, and keep portraying that to the customers, we're going to be just fine.
0: And, and that's look. That's why we're having these conversations. You know, we, we can sit down and have this conversation two weeks from now. And um, to your point, you know, things might change, Absolutely. you know, but I'm, I'm in line with you guys right now. I think, you know, at bare bones minimum, we need to have the conversation as a dealership executive team, as a leader team. All right. We need to start whiteboarding. All right. How we can hand the steering wheel over to the customer so they feel more confident in either servicing or buying a car from us. Uh, Stephen, your final thoughts.
2: Um, My final thoughts would be, well, first and foremost, thanks to you. Thank you for letting me participate. And nice to meet Dustin as well. Um, Hopefully this continues. It's been really enjoyable. Uh, The the things that I have been focusing on, and, and certainly the touch points that I made here in my notes is basically, what's your playbook? The playbook that I always reference and the, 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 my, my background was football, <clears throat> even though I grew up in Sudbury, I didn't play hockey. Uh, but to me, I always use the reference of get your first downs because if you worry about the first downs, the touchdowns take care of themselves. So to me, it's process, communication, and adherence to process. That's really, really, really important. I hear a lot of great processes. Are they adhered to? Not really. <clears throat> so at the moment, I think a lot of clients, uh, Dustin as well, uh, would would probably be one of those um, teams that will probably break down that process. And, and it sounds like that adherence, the only struggle I think that as we move forward, and, and because I think there won't be a D-Day, like it's going to slowly kind of yes. happen, we can then bring these people into play. And this is the new process. And this is how it's working. If there's one thing I have noticed in the last half decade, is adherence is a problem throughout every dealership I've ever been at in the last half decade. When I started long ago, oh five, oh six, you came in, you did the session. We went through the process. The process happened. Now it's just like, well, we'll see how Dustin feels about it. We'll see how Jason feels about it. If they want to do it, let's see what happens. I think now more than ever, as we move forward, those teams that have an adherence to process are the ones that are going to thrive. And for those managers out there that are like, I still don't know what the heck you're talking about when it comes to all this communication stuff. If you're in, if you're in the GTA, you probably have an employee who speaks Mandarin, Chinese, uh, Hindi, Punjab, Urdu, whatever. You ask them how they communicate with their clients, and those really, those top salespeople—they're on WeChat, they're on all kinds of stuff. Maybe talk to them to see what it is that they're doing that makes the process, I guess, a little bit more uh, understandable for those who are really—they're they're understanding, they're buying everything that we're saying. They just literally don't know how to apply it. And I, and I think that's my, my only fear. I I fear that there are managers out there that are system managers that can help, but there's still a lot of managers out there that are great sales managers that come out, they'll shake a hand, they'll get deals done. But boy, oh boy, if you sit them in front of a computer, they're, they're pretty lost. I feel bad for those folks. Perfect point.
0: We are going to uh, live and die by our processes. Um, it, it's It's adapt or die, you know, time that's that's just simply what it is hey guys for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to connect with the two of you gentlemen and kind of follow you along with your path um what's the best way to do so dustin i'll start with you
1: yeah predominantly linkedin um i'm on there quite often instagram uh two dot steps dot ahead and uh, we actually just launched our own podcast this past friday episode two is coming out tomorrow
0: um, yeah. Well, I'm going to awesome. put that
1: back up on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram as well. Um,
0: Can you shoot me the link for that, by the way? hundred percent. Yeah, me, me too,
1: please. yeah, yeah no you. doubt. We'll do. We're, we're yeah. just talking about what we're talking about, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. it's real life. It's, it's, it's the real world. It's not me just saying that I know everything about the business and I haven't been in it mm-hmm. for 15 years. You know, I live this every single day. So this yeah. is real life. So like Jason with this, you know, you're doing this on a daily basis. You have tons of clients. So same stuff here. But yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram, two dot steps dot ahead and two steps ahead is the is the podcast. that will be out everywhere. It's in about 70 percent of the platforms now. It'll be everywhere else. soon.
0: All right, guys, you heard it. Two steps ahead is the name of the podcast. Correct. Uh, definitely go in and check that out. All right. Stephen, for yourself, what is the best way to connect with you?
2: Uh, LinkedIn is definitely the best way to connect with me. Um, I uh, always like to remind people there is a contact info page on LinkedIn, and you can click it, open it. My phone number's there, and everything. A lot of people don't know that, that <laughs> there's that feature, uh, but definitely can reach out to me there. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, you'll see people will find me on uh, LinkedIn, on on Facebook, on Instagram, even on IMDb. Um, and, uh, just, uh, simply type in P I G like the animal, Steven, pig, Ozo. It, it I, I narrowed down pretty quickly. So I'm really not that difficult to find
0: <laughs> YouTube channel. Could you put YouTube. out some cool videos?
2: I, I do, yeah, I put down, I've been putting out mostly stuff for my clients, but I also have been uh, doing some stuff on YouTube with the Tuesday test drive. And oddly enough, I, I started that last year because I just felt like there weren't enough people talking to people uh oddly enough is the reason why i started it uh and uh it's been a uh, very good uh, way of me getting my name out there or getting my face out there as well as some wednesday one takes just some reminders for what's the, the name of the channel steven uh the name of the channel is scuderia pigoso uh as uh is what i believe i have the channel name as and it's a linkedin to of course my my um or it's linked to my linkedin as well as to instagram and facebook so it's pretty easy to track down the Tuesday drive.
0: Guys, we'll make sure that we include uh, links for everything in Excellent. the yeah, uh, uh, description of this video. Hey, guys, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to jam with me today. Man, this was so much fun, and I'm pretty confident we'll be doing another round of these soon.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much. Steve, nice to meet you, brother. Dustin, Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful spot. day. Thank you, Jason. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.